podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, everybody. Russell, my hammer's 11. Hope you're safe and well for your channel. Please consider subscribing, hitting the bell notification so you're made aware of any time we put new content on. Um, loads of great guests, loads of great fans all over the world. And we're going back to Scotland today. <laughs> <laughs> back to Scotland. Um, it's is uh, Iron United's own. It's, it's Anton Baker. Hi, Anton. How are you, man? Yeah, good. Thank you, Russ. Really delighted to be on the show and quite excited about it, actually. It's been quite tough to decide, but yeah, yeah. really good. Thank you, Russ. Thanks for it's, having me on. It's, it's the one Zoom call everyone wants to have, basically. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> yeah, it's good how's, how's everything going for you? Uh, obviously, you know, lockdown and, and having to still produce content for Irons United and stuff like that. Yeah, do you know what? It's 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 been all right. We um, lockdown itself. You've you've obviously spoken to my dad, so it's been pretty tough. We've, we've actually got a big family. Yeah, I've got two kids myself. My wife we're at home currently. She's furloughed. I'm working from home, etc. Um, and we're quite a big, large family, so we're fortunate enough to live re- reasonably close to each other. But we're we're in a little bit more stricter rules than what the rest of the yeah. country are. Um, but that's all been okay. But what's been quite good is trying to keep busy with the channel. Yeah, and just trying to get content out for fans now we just have a bit of fun with the channel and, and and one of the reasons why we started it and i get my dad involved and i get other people involved is just to try and get a different opinion and mm. and you know what we, we're not really bothered about it sounds really bad but we don't aim for views we don't aim for subscribers if people watch they watch if they don't they don't but it just gives us a bit of a hobby and something fun to do and yeah. talk about west ham and hear the history and hear the stories and i absolutely love it for that reason alone yeah, no, I totally agree. It's, it's, it's all about just sharing the uh, sharing stories, isn't it, really? And sharing all the different sort of experiences. And everyone has a different experience. I mean, you know, I remember when I first... I mean, this has only been live for like, I don't know, six weeks. I'm like, it's just gone mental. And um, and I remember one of the first people who, who I interviewed, he's another YouTuber, um, Gonzo, um, sorry. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so I just came out then uh, when I interviewed Gonzo. He was like, I, I, you know, I just think it's gonna people are gonna get uh, everyone's 11's gonna be the same, and it's not about the actual 11 itself, it's about the journey to become have an yeah. 11. Do you know what I mean? So, like, obviously, your dad's journey started in 54, you know, so there was like 66 years of heritage, so to speak. To this. Oh, yeah, um, it's amazing, stuff. and, and that's what's great the stories. I mean, I, I interviewed a lot of the um, the guys from they've got like a, there's always little pockets of groups of fans you know Facebook groups and stuff and so the uh, Upton yeah. Park Life group you know you've got guys that girls like Jackie Hughes who was on st- used to have a stall and used to work in the stall next to Frank Lampard's senior's stall and Harry's stall and John Charles's stall and all that's it's brilliant Fo- as yeah. you said football is it, it's football is secondary to West Ham because if it was the main thing none of us would be West Ham fans um, it, really, it really is it's the, it's just the, the claret and blue just gets to you in that it's, it. it's the it's just West, everything West Ham's just you know I, I sometimes say oh, I'm going to try and save a bit of money I'm not going to go into the, the shop and buy stuff I can't help myself I'm like yeah. a little kid on yeah. Christmas day when I'm in that shop buying stuff I can't help it yeah. it's just everything I want I want to wear West Ham stuff all the time I even know. though I'm not doing it now I'm not doing it now but um, obviously I need to you know my, my wife needs to look at a reasonable presentable man sometimes so yeah yeah to, same as me <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I mean, yeah, you're you're, you're totally right, and it's it's just a, the sense of community and stuff. And as you said, you, you, got, fun, yeah. you get that with obviously obviously the stuff you guys do, Irons United. Obviously, we've had Stelios on, um, and you know some of those guys, and obviously I'll come in on and chat to you guys soon as well. So, and that's what it is. It's just about different opinions, a different. Everyone's got a different and opinion, it's, and it's 
And it's great, Russ. I mean, I've managed to speak to a couple of ex-pros that, and I've been in up close and personal. And, and in particular, we've done Frank McAvenny, and I know you've had him on your show, but um, fortunately for me, he golfs um, five minutes from my home, mm-hmm. my doorstep. So um, I was fortunate enough to go to his golf club and uh, I sat with him for over what an hour and a half to two mm-hmm. hours. And it was just great fun. And I felt like I, he made me feel like his mate. Yeah. And it was, yeah. And I was, and, and I was in his, and I was in his environment. But he, yeah. well, I've met him a few times. I've been fortunate enough to meet him a few times anyway because of him living in Scotland. Yeah. But I think what he loves is the fact that he couldn't get his head around that I had the accent, but I only wanted to talk to him about his West Ham career and nothing else, not his Celtic career, not a Saint Marian career. Yeah. It was just his West Ham career. So I think he always felt he had to give me the time and I loved it. I was like, yeah. this is brilliant. Like, yeah. I've, I've had a fight with him and he's just a great guy, really good guy. He, really and good. do you know what? You're so true. And it's all of them. I mean, everyone, I mean, I've been, as I said, I've been extremely straight. I've been like a kid in the candy shop, to be honest. It's like, <laughs> it's just weird. You know, it's like, and it's like, and they, I don't deliberate and I'm, I'm made, I name drop people, but I don't mean to. It's, I'm more like surprised more than anything. I've, I've managed to yeah. chat to Frank and Tony and people like that. And you're right. Yeah. Every one of them makes you feel a mate. You know, and it's it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've got um, uh, again, you know, like, like before we filmed, I was texting a certain a certain yeah. Ghanaian Ghanaian right back for us, but um, <laughs> that, that narrows it down, doesn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we've uh, I've got a few people lined up who we're going to be doing post lockdown because they don't really like doing Zoom calls, um, and and one of them was, you know. West Ham's greatest Scottish right back. And, you know, he phoned me up and we spoke for about, he said, I can't do it. I'm not ignoring you, but I don't like doing Zoom. We ch- must have chatted for like an hour about football. Yeah, I, I've been on the same phone call to the same oh. guy before. He just, he's not a fan of being online at all, is he? No. So it's quite funny. Yeah. But it's amazing. And then he obviously signs off. It's like, oh, actually, I've got to go now because the tea bags have just dried on the line. So I've got to bring them in for a range. <laughs> Love it, absolutely love it. So yeah, for you, so for you, Anton, obviously your dad's a massive West Ham fan. So was that natural, the natural progression, sort of, you know, circle of life thing? You became a West Ham fan. I think, I think it was for me. But the funny thing is, I'm the youngest of six kids from my mum and dad. So yeah. my dad's obviously an East End boy. My mum's she was born and bred in Ireland, and she moved over to London. That's how my mum and dad met. They had three children down in London before they moved up to Scotland and had three more children in Scotland. And the funny thing is even though all my family, brothers and sisters, are what they would describe as hardcore West Ham, they probably never took to it as much as I did. Yeah. And it was it was from very early that I, I've, I've got extremely early memories of being a West Ham fan. And I love it, especially during lockdown. Mum and dad have been looking through some old pictures and have found images of me as a three, four-year-old wearing West Ham pyjamas, West Ham strips, um, even ones I forgot that existed yeah. Um, so I think it was just all those. I don't know if Dad just thought, you know, this is my last chance to get the carry on the the flame, the West Ham flame. So I'm yeah, going to ensure yeah. by maybe not forcing it, but maybe putting subliminal messages out there just to yeah, make him yeah. wake up and see claret and blue every single day. He's going to see claret and blue, and then he's going to tell me the story. So yeah, it was a no brainer for me. I just obviously listened to the story. I mean, you've had Dad on, and the stories are immense. They're brilliant. I love listening to them. Yeah. Um, and also growing up as a West Ham fan, living in Scotland with my accent, mm. I was very in a fortunate position to go to a lot of games when I was young. Very fortunate. So I know there's not a lot of people that could, from early 90s, travel down from Scotland to, no. to London and go and see games. But I was one of those fortunate fans that got to go to quite yeah. a few games. And sometimes getting questioned 
because I had the accent. It used to frustrate me, but it made me want to, it pushed me on as a fan and made me want to know the history yeah. even more. So when I talked to dad and then growing up, we used to get um, a channel on a very well-known um, digital channel. And it used to be the Sky Sports Gold. Yeah. And they used to run all the old games. Yeah. And we'd, dad would say to me, and, and, and I know dad's, you know, he's been part of the era of Bobby Moore, Byrne. He always goes on about Ernie Gregory. He goes on about all these sorts of players. Unfortunately for me, even though I wasn't live to watching them, I got to watch the reruns. Yeah, and when yeah, I watched yeah. the reruns with my dad, I watched his passion come through. Yes. And then I, I felt like I started to understand what it was. And then it's funny, when I chose my 11, I based my 11 on the 11 players that my dad chose because of the style of play that they've got. Yeah, yeah. And then I've kind of tried to mirror. But that's just natural. That's just what's happened. Yeah, happens. of course it is. But yeah, it's, it's just always, I mean, it's, there was never, I got questioned all my life, who's your other team? Who's your Scottish team? And I was like, West Ham. Who's your Irish team? West Ham. Who's your, who's your football team? It was just West Ham. Yeah. Dad will back it up Christmas morning. I only ever asked, what do you want for Christmas? West Ham. What do you want for your birthday? West Ham. Yeah. Um, I, I got the stadium jacket. I remember getting the stadium jacket for the first time. And I think I must have been like um, 11 or 12, about to go into secondary school. And I remember I wanted it so bad, but I was also starting to get a bit of like, I wanted to look good when I went into school yeah, as well. Yeah. And this stadium jacket was huge. And it was, I think it was Pony. It was Pony yeah. was made it. And I went into school, my mum and dad were like, you're wearing that, like Santa bought that for you, you're wearing that that stadium jacket. I went in and everyone was looking at me and I was all puffed up and they were like, why West Ham? They just couldn't get their head around it. And it just, nah, it was just, that was it. And I, I used to be quite, I, I know you write down some stuff and you go and do a little bit of like um, uh, research on, on it, but yeah. something else I used to do was when we used to watch the games, I used to write my own, um, I used to write down the 11 that West Ham were starting with, the 11 that was going to be against us. And at West Ham, I was a junior hammer, so they used to send out all these little packages. Yeah. And one of the packages was a match review package. So I used to sit and write down my take on the full game. And I would do the substitutions, because I think you used to buy the Hammers News magazine, and it used to give you at the end when people were substituted and yeah, yeah. things like that. So I got really into the stats and yeah, yeah, who yeah, was yeah. playing and where they came from, and it just grew arms and legs. and Yeah. yeah. No, and I mean, my wedding, my wedding day was just, I mean, my dad will back it up. I mean, I don't know how I managed to get all the West Ham stuff in it, but I did. I likewise, do. likewise. I just, I remember when I got married, I went, look, do what you want. You can do what you want. I just, I just have a slight view on the color scheme. Yeah. <laughs> I said, you can, you can have what you want. You want to. I don't know, pick a mix machine, you want a chocolate, you want a hog roast, whatever. Yeah, we literally threw everything at it. I said, but I just want claret and blue as, as, the, uh, as the scheme. And she agreed at the time, and then afterwards it became more claret and cream. There was less, yes. there was less <laughs> blue. And then we put a little, you know, it's like, you know, the, our wedding song was, was the Dean Martin version of Bubbles and stuff like that. Oh, so, love it, so, right. You know, just I mean, like definitely. subtle, subtle. But, you know, yeah. Definitely brought that in more than yeah. what I did. I mean, I've got all the groomsmen and myself, and we all wore claret and blue socks. Yeah. Um, I had a claret bow tie. Everyone else, they had to go with grey, but I had obviously a blue suit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Named all the tables after the famous oh, West Ham players idea, or yeah. uh, stadiums and um, d- done a few other cake, the cake. The cake. As well. Yeah, no, we didn't have the cake. We had, yeah, I, we, my, uh, my, my sort of groom's car was, uh, we hired an old, uh, you know, fitted out camper van 
um, yeah. like a Volkswagen, which was baby blue. And I put the claret, claret ribbon on there, um, which pulled up to this like, you know, stately home. It looked a bit like, oh God, in, in retrospect. Oh, and uh, yeah, all the, oh, we did all the favours. We did Bobby Moore Foundation favours. Um, oh, everyone. great. Yeah. You know, oh yeah, we, I did try. I did try. I never, every, the gift for all my groomsmen and, and my wife was, was, was West Ham shirts. So they got like, you oh, know, she yeah. got Miss, Mrs. Budden and she was, yeah, she wasn't too happy about that one. But um, yeah, <laughs> that's a matter. Um, but that's what we do. As you said, it's, it, it, it permeates your life, doesn't it? As you said, oh. and it's not about the football, but it's about the, the community and as a togetherness. And yeah, um, 100%. I mean, I've got, I've got two kids now. I've got my boy, Freddie, he's four. My daughter, she'll be turning two in July. Um, and again, like we wake up in the morning and I say to Freddie, what do you want to wear today? And he's like, West Ham strip. I mean, he's got, I made the conscious decision when he was born, I was going to buy him every single, yeah. a minimum home home strip from yeah. birth to whenever he's eligible to go and spend his own money. Yeah. Um, just to have them. Like never I've, got them. <laughs> I've got the memories. I've got the BAC windows. I've got the Buckter top. I've got it all. And I, oh, see wow. when I pick that top out, Russ, albeit I never, I will never fit in them again. <laughs> I yeah. love looking at them. It just yeah. transports me back. I know what you mean. Yeah, I, I did that with my daughter. My daughter, was, um, she was um, three days old and she was in the, um, she was due in the playoff final against Blackpool. Um, and and I, had, I had a front row ticket and I was also, I was chaperoning um, Bubbles or her or Hammerhead, one of them around the ground. So I wasn't going to miss that one. Um, and, uh, but uh, yeah, I've got a picture of her three days old in the, in the playoff trophy. So she was, oh, wow. she was somewhat scarred from an early age, bless her. And I did the same well, thing with you. Same with you, like bought the kits. You know what? See, see that see that memory though. I've got something similar. Um, the last ever game at Upton Park, yeah. um, myself and Dad, we obviously well we've got season tickets, and yeah. but we only had one season ticket, so um, we had a ticket for Upton Park, Manchester United, and Dad, Dad was going to go, Dad was going to go, and he actually turned around and uh, he said to me a couple hours before the game, "Listen, son, I've been there, I've seen it all, I've seen us win absolutely yeah. everything." you can have the ticket. So obviously I was, a, I was an emotional wreck, blah, blah, blah. I got to go to the final game. But before that, hours before that, I, myself, my dad, my family, we're all wandering around Upton Park, yeah. um, Green Street, just wandering around, soaking in the atmosphere. There was a lot of people, as you know, that were there. Mm. But my son was seven weeks old and we're standing at the, uh, the World Cup winner's statue and I'm getting pictures up there holding Brilliant. my seven-week-old Freddie and uh, my dad's there and the ITV news reporter came up and went, uh what's going on here? And I said, uh, oh, I'm here with my dad and this is my boy. And he went, three generations. And I went, yeah. yeah he said, point. can we film you? And we went, yeah. And he said, wow. watch the ITV News at 10 tonight. And I went, I, I kind of just ignored him thinking, yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. After the game, hours later, my phone went mental and we were the second story on ITV News wow. and I've still got the clip yeah. to this day. It talks, it, so he just talks to my dad, me and my boy, even though he's seven weeks old. Yeah. He's just gargling in the camera. But, it's just, a, it's just a nice little thing to show. Yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely. I'm the same. I mean, you know, I was the same with my daughter. Um, you know, we, I, I you know, she, my daughter, you know, uh, and and I made her. I mean, she has no recollection of this, but I think I was about two or three. She would have been, and at the old old ground, obviously, I had my pass on me, and I could not break in. That's the wrong word. <laughs> but I could get in there easily to say that. And I've got a picture of her on, on the pitch, basically, at Upton Park, because now yeah. she doesn't, now she only knows West Ham at play at London Stadium, which is what the idea of the move is, is for the newer generation. But um, yeah. yeah, no, I, yeah, she's, yeah, she, she went for a period where she was really into, not into West Ham, but like the kit. Then she went a bit sort of 
slightly away. And then obviously the emergence of the West Ham women's team. And we live like six, like 10 minutes away, Rush Green from the Rush Green training ground. So yeah. she starts getting into a bit more. She's nice, but yeah, we'll see. Anyway, yeah, we can talk about our children all the time. My, my, yeah. my daughter who, yeah, yeah. And I did try and get her christened. Um, <laughs> there was some, I was trying to get a West Ham and it never worked, but no, she wouldn't let me. <laughs> I would love to. So my daughter, Carlos Paolo Budden. No, 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 no. no, no Florence. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, but no, it didn't work. It didn't work, bless her. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, so obviously, you know, as you said, things like that, Upton Park, you know, last game was, was amazing. And you said, you're being seen, to, you know, seen tickets, sharing it and stuff. Loads, loads of great memories. Loads of, loads of great players you've seen. Um, as I said, we're doing this 11 thing. This hammers eleven, um, and so obviously your dad's provided his one, which is brilliant because I've never heard of half those players, so I've got a lot of research to do, which I'm looking forward to. Um, keep me busy, keep me busy in between not having football, <laughs> between the games where there isn't football, which is good. Um, but but for you, Anthony, you know, in terms of your your eleven, obviously yep. we do say we have to be alive to have seen him play. So I did have yep. to, wasn't so stringent on your dad because he'd seen them all, um, obviously. But for you, um, who'd be between the sticks? Who's your goalkeeper? You must, you've seen a lot of good goalkeepers in your time there. Yeah, I really have. But I mean, for me, it's got to be Ludo. Um, yeah. I can't not have him in. I mean, I've loved some of the goalkeepers we've had since, but everything that he, he did, that's something I had failed to mention was I was mascot for West Ham when I was 12 mm-hmm. years old. So I was quite a large I mean, I'm six foot four now, so I was quite tall for a mascot back then. And even just going back to that, the memories of him at the time, we, we, I mean, I've, I've, I've hit a shot against him. I've scored a goal against him. Of course, yeah. But going back, to, going back to the memories of, like, the Manchester United game, for example, um, you know, the famous game where West Ham stopped. Yeah. Uh, sorry, stopped Man United winning the, yeah. the league and helped Blackburn win the league. And just how commanding he was in the box. And, and he really was. And... I loved he was so passionate all the time and he was always constantly screaming and shouting. And we've had a couple of keepers that haven't done that over the years recently in particular. Um, and I, I just love when they're command from the back. Uh, and yeah, just, I mean, for me, it was a no-brainer. I think, was it Lou McCarry that brought him in? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he brought, he brought, you know, despite the fact he wasn't around for long, look at the players that he brought in. Um, yeah. Obviously Ludo and he did the swap, didn't he, for, for Waldy, for uh, Morley and Bish. And, yeah. you know, oh, absolutely. He, he, did, he did bring in some good players. Right, I put Ludo between the sticks. That's a yeah, good shit. Okay. okay, okay, let's go. Let's go, because I don't have to worry about you and left arse and right arse and, and inside, <laughs> inside forwards and stuff like that. Um, right, let's go, let's go left back. Left back. Traditional left back. So, if anyone's watching who does see me before, as of yesterday, I shaved my head again. Yeah. Um, I used to shave my head when I was a kid, but it was always yeah. a battle between my, my <laughs> mum and dad. Stop it, don't. The reason I used to shave my head as a kid was because of one man and one man only, and that was Julian Dix. Oh, it's Dix. Julian Dix, yeah, uh, defo. Uh, the Terminator. Met him lots of times. Out with, off the field, he's an extremely nice man. Yeah. Very, very nice man. He's got a lot of time for his fan base. Um, and on the field, he kind of sometimes comes across extremely different than he does in person. Um, he's aggr- He had his aggression. Um, and when you watch him play, you, you talk a lot about the modern-day wing-backs. Julian Dix was forward all the time. Yeah. He came forward all the time, and he used to feel like he dragged his feet getting forward, but he'd get forward reasonably quick. And then you you know he'd be thirty yards out and you think just just shit why not like just shit and he scored some belters from out there he did um, 
But just to, to even like his penalties, I remember that game against Manchester United of Peter Schmeichel when they first yeah. got the 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 miles per hour to yeah. you know they've done all that yeah, mathematician yeah. stuff and I think they said if Schmeichel had actually put his fingers to the ball, it potentially could have broken his fingers. Yeah. This used to smash that ball into the back of the net. The game against Tottenham, I can't ever forget that game. Like it was him that just G'd up the team. Yeah. Um, he, he, he just had everything really to be oh, honest totally and, totally um, yeah and I was I was fortunate enough to be there for his second debut with West Ham against Southampton um, and my mum took me to the game actually and she with my two sisters and it was so funny my mum just was just a bit like oh we'll just hang off at the end of the game when everyone goes and then um, we ended up getting I don't know how we did it we ended up walking through some doors fire exits etc and found our way down at the tunnel and uh, Dixie was getting interviewed on the telly and then he came over and spent a bit of time with us and oh, just, it was just me, my mum, my two sisters and, and Dixie and the cameras and we were just getting pictures talking away to him so just a great guy just yeah. emulate West Ham everything West Ham he is, and I used to love the way it was, all, and 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 to a, a lesser extent, Scott Parker used to do it as well. Where literally you just look at them, and the game's not going our way, and they'd go, "Right, fuck it, I'll do it myself." Yeah. And you know, and he would just, and then he would just drive, drive, drive yeah. that team. He'd drag him yeah. by the collar, almost. Although he, did, although he didn't have one because he ripped it. But <laughs> he ripped it. It, yeah, he used to. Um, he used to. Uh, did he not have the record for the most amount of goals scored for a defender in the Premier League for a while? Yeah, something up like until that. up until kind of recently, I think. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, you couldn't really. I, I heard another story about him. I think he used to take a bath with his boots on. <laughs> um, I think it's well. Th- this story was told by Peter Story. Yeah. When I was mascot, uh, myself and Dad were on the tour of the stadium, and, and he was giving us some secret stories, etc. And he said yeah. that Dixie used to. Uh, that used to have a big bath in the changing room. Remember the yeah, huge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the bath. It, yeah, it took them like hours to keep it up running and keep it warm. Yeah. And Dixie used to jump in it and put his boots on to make sure they molded around his feet. Just, I could, just, you could, you could see that. You could, it makes sense. It. it does make sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It's like in it when you had to remember when you used to you used to wash your own boots and you had to stuff them through the yeah newspaper so it yeah. didn't uh, they didn't dry out and they didn't sort of no. lose the shape. Right. Yeah, we put tuning in uh, right back then. Anton, he's going to be right back, man. Oh, I don't know. I really struggled with this one, but I think I ended up. I think Steve Potts picked it for me because I know he could play several yeah. positions along the back, but he was a proper servant for the club. He really was. He, yeah, yeah he, he, he was always calm. He wasn't like your kind of. He was just your right back that stayed in the right back position. If he played there, he didn't have to run forward. You didn't really need him to run forward, um, and I just always thought. Just got great again, great memories of him. He was always presented really well. He, he, mm. he never got really down and dirty. No. Again, like the opposite to what Dixie was. Dixie was all over the shop, and but he was. I, I think I like Potts because he was a class player. Yeah. He had class. He had the ability to tackle. He could read the game really well. Um, yeah. And I, I kind of like players like that, you know, as well. So Definitely. yeah, Steve Potts for me. Definitely. I mean, you're right. He didn't have a hair out of plate. Yeah, very a bit like Mark Noble. You know, just looks like a. Just look presentable, yeah. didn't he, as a footballer? But I struggled um, with that one because I, I also thought about Tim Breaker, and I'm like, yeah. great memories of Tim Breaker as well, mm. but Steve Potts kept it for me, definitely. Yeah, put Potts in, good shout. Uh, all right. And obviously, you know, under 23 coach as well now, so, you know, yeah, back in the absolutely. club, which is too right. Right, I'll put Potts in. Let's go centre-backs, and so who's your first centre-back, man? I probably, I mean, I, 
I think everyone probably sits here and struggles with all these positions, to be honest. Yeah. But I used to play centre half, so I, I've got a really, I just love watching players and, and obviously growing up listening to dad's stories and listening to about Bobby Moore and the style of play. Um, so I'll give you my first one, which is the most modern one, which is Winston Reid. Yeah. Um, when he signed for the club, I mean, he was kind, he was unknown, completely unknown. Um, but, you know, what he's done out with his injuries over his West Ham career certainly will never go unnoticed with me. Um, yeah. he's, a, he's a quality central defender. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, it's one of the reasons why we don't perform well on the back these days, because we don't have a Winston Reid type player. Yeah. Um, he reads the game so well. He can play the ball from the back. He can tackle. He can jump up and he can win headers. And of course, as we know, he can go up front and score some goals mm-hmm. as well when needed. In particular, you can think of games like the Millwall game, yeah. uh, which I was there for. Um, which is a bit mad, crazy game. And then, I mean, how can we ever forget the Magic exactly, scene? Go down. But he is just, I mean, he's 2010, he's been with us. And I know the last couple of years have not been great in terms of injuries. But I tell you what, Russ, I really hope he can come back somehow and, and kind of fill in in that kind of ginger pelly role. Like, you yeah, know, kind yeah, of yeah. come off the bench if needed. Um, because he's still got a lot, in my opinion, to offer to the club. I know he's maybe on a, a large contract, but yeah, Winston Reid is... Oh, definitely. He, he emulates a lot of stuff that maybe my dad talks about with an old centre-half, an old-school yeah. centre-half. Really no, I get player. it. Yeah, yeah. I remember when we signed him, wasn't it? There was this big like fanfare. We, we, we've, we've signed a World Cup defender. And I was like, oh my God, we're getting Cannavaro. Oh, no, we're getting, <laughs> you know, someone. No, no, no. New Zealand sent back. It's me. But he, you know, he came from Denmark. He came from Washington, yeah. didn't he? And uh, yeah, I think he's, yeah, I agree. I think he was, and particularly, I think he, his, his sort of West End career sort of really hit home when you know from obviously when we went down and that sort of yeah, period because he's sort of, and you know he was you know, Liverpool were, were sniffing around for him weren't and they? Arsenal I yeah I mean he continued, he continued that form into the Premier League and he performed yeah. at the highest ability in the Premier League for years after we got promoted in the Championship yeah. and just unfortunately I think it was the game against Swansea I think it was that he got a really bad knee injury and that's just what's kind of Flicked on it and it happens all so, too much for us, doesn't it? Unfortunately, when you, yeah. when you do that, type but, I mean, stuff. I've bored my dad to tears and telling him how I think Winston Reid is uh, one of our best modern era center half we've had. No, I think so. I, I, I totally agree. Right, who's, who's Winston going to partner in the middle then? I've really struggled with this one, <laughs> but I've actually gone for Mark Reaper. Yes, Mark nice. Reaper. Um, so obviously, we had him and Bilic at the back, mm. um, and we signed him on loan originally. And again, he was kind of reasonably, well, he was kind of unknown. He wasn't massively unknown, but um, but he was huge. He was huge. He was so tall. And he was just your typical, you know, I, I look at Reaper and I've tried to compliment him beside Winston Reid. Mm, but I'm I also thinking, like, I, I remember him because he was just the guy that would go up and win the header, go out and win the tackle yeah. first. Winston Reid would stand back and sweep up behind him. Yeah. And that's, that's what Mark Reaper did. I mean, he checked in with a couple of goals, a couple mm. of decent goals, but... Um, his career at West Ham I mean he was he played over 70 games for West Ham a lot of people don't really think like that you know a couple yeah. of seasons there but yeah he's just huge Danish defender took no crap um, yeah really I, I, and, and like you said it's your hammers 11 and I, I, I just got really good memories of Mark Reaper. yeah no, exactly. I mean, I had, I had Ian Pierce in my Hammers Eleven because he was like, I used to love it when he, because again, he used to cut up a few goals. I mean, yeah, he played seventy games. I think Reed, I think Reed's played almost two hundred games for us, and you know, yeah. something like 
that as well across ten years. So, so yes, as a experienced bet centre back pairing, I like that. And Reaper again, yeah. a different one. You know, it's it's not necessarily he's not the one who comes up all the time, but he often gets spoken about when we're interviewing players around that era because I think. Yeah. You know, they have a different perspective on players. Yeah, yeah of I course. Think that's really cool. Right, I look but, at that era, Russ, as well. Yeah. I look at that era, like the era before. I mean, we we finished fifth. I can't remember what yeah. year was it was. It ninety seven, ninety eight under that. Yeah, Harry, yeah. And um, that, that, I mean, we were in modern. I mean, if we did that this year, we would be one spot away from the Champions League. That's a huge thing, yeah. you know. I think, and and players like Mark Reaper were the kind of start of that 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 drive to move forward. We were consistently mm. finishing like ten. Yeah, ninth, eighth, you're right, seventh, and then moving our way up, and and it was the kind of, the, you know, the transfer market we were dipping in reasonably well at that time before it all went wrong. <laughs> Just like our dreams, they fade. I mean, that's yes. what I always makes me laugh. You know, that that that, that whole song epitomizes being a West Ham fan. It's all war song, and it's about things dying. You know what I mean? But anyway, yeah. uh, right, okay, we'll put Reaper in. Let's go. Let's go left wing. Then Anton, who's going to be left wing for you, man? So my my midfield is a little bit mixed up. So I've just no put in four players and whoever fits in oh, that way. Yeah, go on. Who's your first one? I had to put in Matthew Rush. Yeah, good. Sh- oh, Matthew Rush. First oh, time. Oh, old. good shout. Good shout. Russ, I I remember being at a couple of games. He was one of the most talented young mm. West Ham breakthrough players. I remember as a kid watching um, live, seeing him play. Great winger, fast, pacey, clever on the ball, chipped in with goals. He had everything in abundance. Mm. When you read into him now, it's really interesting to see and maybe the reason why his career never lasted as long as what it probably should have. But it looked like he didn't really want to be a footballer when he was a kid. And that's probably what held him back. But for me, watching a player like that on the wing coming up kind of unknown, fast, pacey, tricky. I was fortunate enough to not, we don't go, the East Stand, I sat in East Stand, the chicken run that dad used to sit in, used to hear all the stories about the chicken run. And I was fortunate enough to see him there and witness him. And I, I, I just kind of always felt like when he was running up, we were going to do something. When he was running up and down that wing, West Ham were going to either, he was going to be a pivotal part to West Ham scoring a goal. And he did do that in the couple of seasons that he performed for us. So, He's one player that always racks up there, stays yeah. there. Matthew Rush is the, he's he's that kind of unsung hero for me. I just yeah, love him. yeah, yeah. He is like Matty Rush, as Matty Holmes as well, weren't there? And, yeah, oh, Matty yeah, Holmes. Those, yeah, yeah, those type of players just, like, just running around. <laughs> brilliant, absolutely yeah. brilliant. All right, we'll, we'll put Rushy in. Okay, who's your who's your next one then? And then Tom, who's your next one, man? Gone for Berkovich. Yeah, I, I mean. During that era of those Berkovic, Sinclair, Decanio, I mean, mm. it was funny. He was brought to my attention again recently because I was watching something on the channel that was showing Decanio's goals throughout the whole career. Yeah. The amount of times Berkovic assisted him, you just forget. Yeah, but he was so clever on the ball, wasn't he? He was just, he got the ball again. You thought <coughs> something's going to happen mm. when he's got the ball. He used to do, he'd done the kind of, uh, he was like Scotty Parker. Like he it's used to do the 380 yeah, yeah. round in circles, but yeah. he had the skill to go with it. Where Parker used to just do the circle that way, circle that yeah. way. Beckovich would do the circle, do a nutmeg, stop the ball, send the player that way, bring him back. He was okay. just so clever. Yeah. And uh, he, he, was, he was part of an exciting time at West Ham. He and was. He tripped in with quite a few goals for us as yeah. well. So yeah, I loved him. And again, he was a bit of an unknown entity really when he came. 
Yeah, he was. He was, and 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 obviously we've interviewed uh, Johnny on the on the channel, and and he he credits his season that he hit twenty six goals, or whatever. Vast majority. Of, I mean, there was no surprise that, that that season was the first season that he played with Berkovic, and and uh, they're and they're still and they're very good friends now. Yeah, love it, love it. Is it this. You know, the famous kick. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because we interviewed, and again, I hate, I hate name drop, but it all works. We interviewed Bertie Braley, who was part of that '99 Youth Cup team. Uh, he scored, I think, he might have scored six goals or something like. That. He scored an incredible amount in that final. And he, um, he, his first and probably only training session with the club, with the first team, it was him and Joe Cole were were, were, were summoned over by Harry. Um, was that day. And literally yeah. five minutes in, right? Get the boys away. Get the boys, and that was <laughs> it. it. <laughs> that was it. And it's just, yeah, it's just funny how it all works out. All right, we'll put yeah. we'll put Yal on. Good old Yal. Um, who's next? Trevor Sinclair. Oh yes. I remember. I mean, I don't think anyone would ever not remember that goal he scored for QPR, the overhead kick outside no. the box. And I think that's really what brought his attention to me as just a football fan. And then yeah, he kind of kept an eye on his career. At that point, and then you start to see the goals he scored and how influential he was um, for El- like for QPR. Mm. And I, I remember when West Ham signed him. I think we signed him in a double deal with Andy Empey. Do you remember Andrew Empey? Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember Andy. <laughs> he never had the greatest of careers in comparison to Trevor Sinclair, but he still performed for us. Okay-ish. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, but when Trevor Sinclair signed, I was absolutely buzzing, so excited, yeah. and he lived up to all the expectations. He, he was, I mean, he scored goals, he assisted goals, he scored beautiful goals for the club, um, diving headers, volleys. I mean, I, I haven't watched it for a while, but I think you could probably go and find his, his, his West Ham goals, and probably nearly every single one of them were quality. Yeah. Um, but he was just so influential, and he was... I met him once actually when I was a kid, and he was just great as well. And that you know that makes a long-lasting impact on me. It does. So when you yeah. meet someone and they're they're really nice to you and you, yeah. they're respectful of the circumstances, and and on top of that, they can they can perform to the highest level on the pitch. So yeah, Trevor Sinclair for me. Yeah, no good shout, good shout. And he's one of those players, one of those ex-players. There's not many of them about who really still interacts with people, with fans on Twitter yeah. and stuff. You know, and it's yeah. like it's like the modern day autograph isn't it getting a like from, from yeah. your player and it's like you know when and he, he likes lots of our videos obviously it's you know basically saying how good he was and he's been picked for it <laughs> so it's like well of course you know you're gonna like it but uh I yeah what is i thought his career was rewarded when he was taken to the world cup exactly yeah yeah and, and he just he completely deserved that he completely deserved mm-hmm. it and it kind of, he, he was one of those signatures when he left the club it kind of broke my heart a little bit because you know he, he wasn't he was up there with a lot of fans' favourite players, but he wasn't the favourite player probably all the time. I yeah. did what I, I mean, I went and got the shirt with his name on the back. Yeah. Because I just thought he was a fantastic, fantastic player for West Ham. Um, small, tricky, fast, pacey, oh, everything yeah, you could brilliant. offer. He was brilliant. And I tell a story about my, my granddad, God rest his soul. His eyesight was going, we used to watch it. And um, we, was, we, we was front row of the up, up te- centenary upper. So we had really good seats, but he couldn't. This, and he still, he still fucking drove for the games as well. It's just worrying. <laughs> um, but he sat there and he's like, Any, anything, anything that was done by a, a West Ham black player, if it was good, it was Trevor Sinclair. If it wasn't, it was, <laughs> he's like, oh, 
only bloody player on the pitch, that man. Yeah, that, that's yeah. Shaka Hiss- that Shaka Hiss- not Grenner, but yeah, okay, no problems. Uh, but, you know, it was that, that type of thing, but he used, he used to yeah. love it. But yeah, well, Trevor Sinclair was brilliant. Absolutely oh, ace really. player and a lovely guy as well. Right, I'll put Trev in. Okay, let's go next. Who's next, Anton? My, my, my last midfielder, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's really tough, but you've mentioned there, Matty Holmes. I mean, I've got great memories of Matty Holmes running yeah. up down that way. Well, it's like Matty Holmes, Danny Williamson. Matt- I used to love Danny Williamson. Yeah. Michael Hughes. Yeah, Michael I mean, Hughes. He, he was quite, Ian Bishop, John Monker, all them. Yeah. But bit of a random one. Good. Mark Vivian Foy. Oh, first time. First time I, come up. You know, so he was at uh, Lons in France. He was linked to Manchester United. Yeah. He got a really bad injury. He came back That's and Manchester United looked at him again. Yeah. Um, but we managed to pull him in with mm. Decanio at the same yes. time. Yes, I remember. That season he gave to West Ham, Mark Vivian Foley, was the reason why he moved on in his career. Really, to be honest, he was fantastic yeah. in that year. He was, every, you know, you look at players like tri, like tri, the Triori for um, Man City, box to box midfielder, yeah. big, strong, tall, pacey, can go box to box, can tackle. Mm can feed the ball to another player. He was clever. He always found the pass. Yep. Um, everyone, everyone talks about the Decanio goal, the volley against Wimbledon. And if you rewind, they always talk about the Trevor Sinclair ball, but they don't. They forget about the job that Mark Vivian and Foley done up to the lead up to that. And oh, it was yeah. so influential to, to, to decide that year in particular. Mm. So I know it's a bit different, but... No, I like it. It's always left a long-lasting... Yeah, and that's the idea. That's the whole point of this: is is, is players yeah. that leave a long lasting. And yeah, I mean, I mean, Farah, he was he then became the blueprint for that, as you said, for that that big athletic centre, you know, defensive yeah. sort of box to box. You know, you look at every, you know, you look at Vieira, and you look at, you know, they, he was the one who was he was you know, he was the one everyone wanted. You know, that that sort of athletic. And it, to be honest, we I think we I think we kind of missed it. We miss yeah. it, you know. I know we got rid of. Uh, got rid of check to, uh, to to Palace, but I think you need that energy, and we haven't got yeah. that. Yeah, hundred percent. I think we kind of lose a bit of sight, and you know, if a player drops a bit of form, doesn't mean we need to sell them. You, mm. you don't sell a player because they lose a little bit of form, and even if they have a little loss, lose a little bit of form over ten-ish games. I know the modern game's very different now, mm. but you know, it's a bit like fans slagging off Lanzini. Uh, but you know, we've got to give him a chance. Got to give him a, I know he didn't perform that great the other night, but he's still got. If he, if he finds any form of form that he used to have, yeah. he'd be a great player for West Ham again. And it's a little, a little bit like Kowati. I know he wasn't performing the, to the highest level, but he had that energy, that pace, and you felt like there was fight in the middle of the park. And that's mm-hmm. when, when Foley was in our side. When you, if you were to Canio looking back, if you, were, if you were Sinclair looking to the side of you and you seen Foley there, you were like, yeah, I'm protected. I'm going to yeah, be protected. Yeah, he's just imposing, wasn't he? He's just the imposing yeah. character. And yeah. it was just a muscle. It was just huge. And I think, yeah, yeah we, we, I think you need, uh, you know, obviously famously, we brought, I mean, that was sort of basically Big Sam's mantra, wasn't it? He'd bring in loads of big cent, big big centre-halves, big centre-midfield players, you know, and we had like Abdullah Faye. Do you remember him? Abdullah Faye. God, dear. That just pop, I love the way yeah. just random ones popping into my mind. But yeah, that a lot sort of just of, comes there, it? That sort of like, you know, that sort of, you know, you've got that sort of strong, athletic type and that's that's what I think you need in the modern game particularly nowadays I mean you look at the impact I know he's, he was a speedster but the impact obviously Traore made on on Saturday you know he's just a muscle he's you know, we, we've got one but oh, we've got God. one in Antonio 
but he just can't get fit enough. Yeah, he could be our Triore if we had everyone fit, you know, because he was just made a difference. Yeah. You but, said, Traore, but Triore is a different ballgame. He is, he is. But you know how he sort of come on and he just <laughs> knew. Did you see the muscles it. on him? When he was taking his top off, I know. Every oh, bloke, <laughs> I was fortunate enough. I, um, I was like this. I know. It was funny. I was watching. Uh, I had a, I had a few. Obviously, people invite me to Zoom parties and stuff. So I had a couple. Like when I was still working, uh, had it on in the background, and and literally I looked when then and then every bloke was like, oh, like it's it's these muscles here. Yeah. I just can't get them. Obviously, I, I've got. Oh, it's like those. I was like yeah. Jesus, and he had that vest on. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah no appreciation for the man definitely but uh, yeah, anyway okay. <laughs> we'll go back to Fawe good yeah great shout uh, let's cut front quickly um, who's going to be your first striker then Tony Cotty um, yeah. fortunate enough I was actually at his second debut for West Ham we were at Anfield myself and my dad went down to the Brilliant. game and he got sent off famous in the 50th minute I think yeah, I mean after that I think he scored 13 goals that season um, and I got to see I mean when Tony Cotty came back to the club he did perform yeah. to a similar level that he did that before it was just maybe unfortunate we didn't have other strikers that the you know like the McAvenny mm. beside him who would score yeah. another 13, 15, 16 goals so I think I was lucky enough to be in that year that got a chance to see Cotty play and, and perform really well in the Premier League for West Ham um, the small man, the small guy who would pop up fox in the box yes. um, type of player. But he worked hard for the team. He came back, he tracked back. Um, but but I love watching, I love dissecting games and watching players make runs. Mm. I love it when you get a striker who anticipates a ball, even if the ball doesn't come. But as long as they anticipate that ball, that's what you're yeah. told when you're a striker, even though I'm not, wasn't a striker. Just make those runs. And if you've got a clever enough player there, they'll put that ball in front of you. Yeah. And that's what Tony Cotty done. And if he had players there behind him to feed him, that's what happened. And that's how he was successful, especially yeah. in the 86 season with all the players that were behind him then. Exactly. And, so, like, yeah, and, Tony, and obviously you, and you love your stats and he loved his stats as well. So you both, yeah. both stats now. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's good. No, yeah, TC, good shout. And, and again, you know, it's one of those, and there's a few, and there's a few who are, I, I call them Roy of the Rovers players. You know, he is a West Ham, and even more so for TC, you know, scoring on the debut yeah. against, yeah, against Spurs. Amazing, you know, yeah. and, and, and he is a Roy of the Rovers player. And, you know, and I think West Ham fans love the, an academy, a local boy, you know, one, one coming through and playing for the club they, they support. And um, obviously we've had him on and, you know, he, he speaks very, very candidly about, you know, he didn't, he didn't want to leave to go to Everton. He um, was sort of forced a little bit. And, yeah. you know, as soon as the first opportunity came to come back after, uh, yeah, obviously he, got, he got booed when he got back and, and when he came back in an Everton shirt and then there was the, the testimonial game and he came on the, the Boston game and um, the Bobby game and he came back and he got cheered and that sort of started the cogs going for the comeback and uh, and yeah, no, he's a great guy and love, he's obviously still yeah, around the club absolutely. and he's fat, still an absolute crazy fan as well, which is great. And again, yeah. another one, Sinclair, who's really vocal on Twitter and I think that makes a huge yeah. difference to fans. Um, yeah, 100%. And yeah, yeah right, love TC. Right, okay, we've got TC in. Uh, and the final piece, final piece of the puzzle. Who we got? I really I really struggled with this one. I mean, I, I, my first really good memory of a striker for West Ham was Trevor Morley. I'm not putting him in the side. No. But he scored great goals for us and a lot of goals for West Ham. He did. He was really influential for us in his time he, he came. 
then you've got other ones like John Hartson uh, and and of course Dean Ashton, who I think and I think every fan agrees with mm. this. If if he never got that injury, he probably would have gone on to yeah. massive things for club yeah. and country, probably. Yeah. But I don't know how I could not put this guy in, and it's the Canio, to be yeah. honest. Um, so obviously, been living in Scotland, he played for Celtic up here, and yeah. Some of my friends were Celtic fans, and I didn't really follow Scottish football at all. But you always, I like, I quite like the controversial figure, and he definitely was that by abundance. He had it yeah. in, in abundance, so he was controversial when he was up here. Um, he always tried new stuff. Something I remember at the time, I think he took a free kick for Celtic, and the player flicked the ball up, and he tried to hit it on the volley from the free kick, and I think he scored it, and he was just immense. And then when he obviously went to Sheffield Wednesday, and then that push and. Harry Redknapp was what a deal that was for West Ham. What an absolute bargain that was. And when he signed, um, I, I, I don't know what I thought at the time. I don't. Mm. I, I was probably more excited on Mark Vivian Foy, if I'm being yeah, brutally yeah, honest. Yeah. Because you were thinking, what are we bringing into the club? But very quickly, that 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 went down in my estimation. And it was only the other day, randomly, like I said, I watched. It just came up on the screen, and I ended up watching it. All his goals he scored for the club. Yeah. He he. Every, you know, I think nearly every goal he scored was amazing. <laughs> like, yeah, it did seem that. Yeah. Like he, 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 I seen one against Everton. He just like he did a little ticky tack himself. He's not even passing it to anyone. <laughs> and then he dinks the ball around the Everton player. He comes one on one with the keeper, and, he's, and you think oh, he's going to shoot it, slot it, chip it. He doesn't. He takes on the keeper, and then he's around the keeper, and he's still got ten yards to go, and he still runs with the ball. <laughs> I'm like shit, yeah. even though I know the outcome of it, but. He just gave you that, your heart raced all the time when it was the Canio. Yeah. Um, obviously, the famous goal against Wimbledon. You've got the Arsenal goals. You've got the Chelsea goals. You've got the Bradford game. I mean, the passion <laughs> when, when Frank Lampard was trying to take the penalty. And, and then he was getting ha- hacked. And he was getting hacked, Russ. He was getting yeah, hacked left, right. He said, was. We could have had three penalties. And then he's running up down the park going, no, 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 sub me, sub me, take me off. The guy was just a breath of fresh air, to be honest, was. at West Ham. Yeah. And no wonder he's got legendary status, really, to be honest. And I loved I loved in particular, you mentioned the Intertotal Cup. Like, him and Powell, the one chop. I loved yeah. the two of them together. And that showed you how we could play those two types of players together Yeah, at that time. Like, Powell, the one chop, you know, at his career at West Ham, he owes a lot to, in my opinion, to Canio. Of course, yeah, totally. Yeah. And and you're right, Decanio was just, I've said it before, he was just box office, weren't he? He'd someone you'd pay, you would pay to go in your season ticket just to go and watch him because yeah. it was part of that whole red nap era, which for you know guys like yourself and me, that was probably our most exciting era because it was like a soap opera. And I said it to Harry himself, you know, it's like you've got, you had all these play, you had, yeah, Tony Carr bringing in this amazing influx of players, which we hadn't had such an influx, a regular influx for, for years. Um, you had you the weaning and dealing of red, you know, like players coming in like you never heard of, or you know, I know Marco Bugas and you know all those sort of crazy things. It was just a crazy. It was like a soap opera. You Warren came to the game <laughs> exactly. You you come you come to the game not knowing what's going to happen, yeah. and yeah. That Bradford City game it was an incredible game, but that parts of those happened in every game at West Ham. You know that was a microcosm of that era, that five-four game. And you'd never turn up on a Saturday. We're playing Bradford, thinking it's going to be that game. You, it might be like a two-one or one-all, or not that game. 
and that yeah. we had and uh, it happened all the time and that's and that was partly down to Paolo and obviously he still loves the club as oh, you yeah. know absolutely and, love that and I think he plays in that and I love it I love yeah. it <laughs> I think it's brilliant I think it's brilliant I, when I was talking to uh, interviewed Nicky Hawkins from um, West Ham Fan TV and he did a, a organized Q and A evenings, and I always say it because it just epitomised that Paolo, and and he obviously Nicky turned up and Paolo turned up in as you can imagine looking like a million dollars, you know, of all the all the Gucci or whatever and bronzed and glasses and the smart suit, and the gentleman and he said Nicky said um, Paolo looking lovely, he goes he went I always dress up for my family. <laughs> I love it. That is Paolo. That was him. That was him. Yeah, it really is. That was brilliant. His book, his book, his book's a great book. Um, my dad's actually got it signed to my in my name as well. So, oh, but my dad's managed to keep it there. And his books are great read, are absolutely yeah. great read. So, if anyone's got a chance to give it the camera read, then definitely, definitely do that one. Brilliant, Anto. It's been great, man. I, I, thanks. <laughs> Thank it's been brilliant. Thank you so much for your time, Anto. Yeah, thanks for having me on. That's really absolute listen. pleasure. Your channel is great to watch. It brings back so many memories. So yeah. keep up the good work, mate. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. And obviously, thanks everyone for watching. You know, uh, you know, just do like, share, subscribe. Very humble with all your messages and comments. Obviously, I, I read every one of them. And until next time, from me and Anton, take care, everyone. Stay safe and be lucky. See ya. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.